My name is Drew Joyner, and you're listening to the Beyond the Garment podcast, a podcast dedicated to enriching the lives of others by talking about sustainability, fashion, art, and culture. We hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as we enjoyed creating it. All right, let's get to today's episode. hope everyone is having a blessed day today. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. And if you've listened before, welcome back. Today's episode features one of the most decorated guests we've ever had on the show. This incredible woman graduated from RMIT in Melbourne, Australia. She is currently the Senior Director of Global Merchandising for Calvin Klein Underwear and Nike Underwear. Some of you may know her as Kaz or Liberty and Fox on Instagram. Allow me the honor of introducing the wonderful Karen Anthony. Karen, how are you doing today? Drew, I'm great. What a what an introduction. Wow. That, that's cool. I appreciate it. I'm doing well. well. It's nice to chat with you. Absolutely. Well, with someone who is as um, special as I believe, you know, and, and done the research on, it's really, it's really awesome to have you on. And like I was kind of telling you before the podcast, I knew about you on through through Instagram for, for a little while now, probably five months-ish, and didn't really follow you, but just kind of kept tabs on the things that you posted because I always thought it was so well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, now we're here, you on the podcast, I'm excited. <laughs> Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that. I, I do, you know, and like Instagram is such an interesting place, right? Like it's this whole universe of its own. Um, but it's kind of fascinating once you connect beyond that and, and, you know, understand a little bit more about the reality of, of what's behind the, the persona, I guess you could say. Um, totally. Yeah. So I totally, that totally. It's nice to connect with you. Definitely. And I like you're so right. After, you know, seeing you now, hearing your voice, um, you know, there's so much so much you kind of assume or just kind of generate an idea or, or persona about somebody yeah. based on the things that they post and and um just doing the research, getting to know you and, and having a little conversation with you is it's gonna be a lot of fun. Let's let's dive Maybe. into the first question. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, what is your background? Where are you from? And, and how is it like for you growing up as a kid, Karen? Yeah, so, you know, I, as I mentioned, and I gave you a heads up, uh, you know, with the accent coming into this, right? Not a lot of people know that um, I was born in Melbourne, Australia, um, lived there the majority of my life, almost all of my life. Um, you know, I'm actually first generation Australian, though. So, I'm daughter of immigrants. Um, my mom is uh, Puerto Rican. Um, mm. My mom's family is Puerto Rican. Um, mm. You know, so you uh, have a super colorful side on that family. Um, you know, my, my dad is actually Italian. Um, my dad's family's uh, from a little town outside of, about an hour outside of Milan um, called Pacenza. Oh, wow. So, you know, my, my, my world's kind of like, um, yeah, came, you know, from, from unexpected places, I guess you could say. My, my parents met, um, met abroad, met traveling and, um, you know, came together and, and uh, eventually migrated to Australia. Um, wow. you know, and especially looking for, for new opportunities, especially my dad coming from a, from a small town, um, you know, a little bit more rural, uh, rural Italy 
um, you know, seeking new opportunities and, and uh, created a, an amazing life for us um, in Australia. So definitely, super- definitely. Yeah. I, uh, I've never heard of that combination. Oh, yeah. um, the Puerto Rican and Italian. That is really, really special. Yeah. Um, very, what? very cool. I think it's like more common living in the U.S., right? Being in New York. Yeah, totally. I know more Puerto Ricans, you know, Puerto Ricans here. I, I knew there are. I, I definitely know a lot of Italians. I know I know uh, people that are of both uh, both backgrounds. Uh, I think what was pretty unique was, um, you know, growing up with those cultures in Australia. Uh, especially, definitely. you know, I, I did not know someone else with with that same sort of um, background upbringing as I did culturally. Um, you know, but what was, was super cool about growing up in Australia is that it's very multicultural and mm-hmm. that's probably what I, you know, really love, appreciate about it most is just, you know, we were surrounded by um, amazing, you know, communities of people, cultures, races, um, you know, totally. it was pretty special, pretty special growing up there. Totally. And, and Karen, how was it like, what did you do as a little girl growing up in, in Australia? Like, what kind of things were you interested in? Were you into sports? Were you always into fashion? Were you kind of a creative or fashion inclined growing up? Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, yeah all of the above, to be honest. Um, my mom was actually uh, an art teacher growing up. So you know, she always had paintings and um, you know, cool things like that around the house, a lot of creative stuff around us, creative energy. Um, yeah. my, my dad was a, a printer um, by trade. So, um, you know, he used to work on these old printing machines, creating graphics, creating typography. Um, you know, so it was, there was kind of like this, yeah, this presence of creativity constantly around me. Um, always interested in fashion. Um, for sure, you know, I, I think I, I took a, a liking to, to fashion and wanting to be part of the industry in some way um, mm-hmm. from a pretty young age. Um, you know, I think originally I wanted to be a, a designer and I, I guess, you know, that's probably mo- a lot of people's dreams, like thinking about fashion totally. and how they represent fashion. Um, yeah, but I, I definitely took a liking to it, to style and fashion from a young age and and sports was a huge, huge part of my life. So, yeah, that's awesome. that's part of probably growing up in Australia. Um, you know, it was a very big sporting nation. Um, totally. Played a lot of sport, watched a lot of sport. My dad was really into sport, so he kind of brought me up around it. And I think, mm. you know, not not growing up with, with a family uh, outside of my immediate family in Australia, I think what sport did was you know, allowed that sense of community and mm. you like building things as a team, you know, understanding um, the importance of, of, of coming together and, and achieving a same goal, you know. So that was like a huge, uh, a huge play on, on my active life, but also, you know, how I grew up, my mentality, my approach to things, my approach to other people, my style, everything. So, yeah, that, that yeah. was a big one for me. Yeah, totally. I I can uh, definitely attest to that as well in terms of sports for me. I played basketball and everyone who's listened to the podcast knows this. 
Um, but, you know, and just having this conversation with you, like I played basketball all my life and I can say that being an athlete playing sports has been one of the biggest determining factors for the way I think about the world and then also being able to um, work with others. Right. Because just the ability to manage personalities and attitude flares, oh, yeah. and just all these different dynamics that are going on. Ego. Ego is one of the biggest things that I feel like, cool. you know, that happen, happens in sports, happens in business. You know what right. I mean? Um, yeah. You have a lot of times people who, you know, want a role or don't or aren't in a role that they feel like they should be in or feel like they should input um, more than, you know, necessarily than they should or whatever, you know, whatever the complications yeah. of a situation may be. And you have to deal with it. You have to make everyone feel, you know, wanted and valued in that in that sense. What sports what sports before we kind of move on to yeah. your, your schooling? What sports were kind of big for you? Like, I, I want to know yeah. like, the specific one. Uh I swam from a young age. Swimming was probably oh, wow. like one of the first, you know, um, sporting activities. I really like my family, my parents really got me into um, yeah. tennis. I moved on to tennis um, for many years. Um, started playing it. competitively a little bit. Um, I played what we call netball, which is not basketball, um, okay. but a similar version of we can get into, you know, Rule book like another time, but um, (laughs) yeah, 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 it's it's an interesting one, you know. Um, netball, volleyball, um, Mm. you know, I did a lot of track and field. Um, I, yeah, I really enjoyed like a huge breadth of uh, of sporting activities, and then I, I, I watched the things that I felt like I couldn't play basketball. Mm. Um, football, soccer, um, you know, <laughs> yeah, and those yeah, are probably totally. the things that I really, really love now. Um, you know, so I'm not physically skilled, but I, I, I love watching them. Yeah. Do you, do you have an affinity for the NBA? Yeah. Or do you care about the NBA? Like Very what is your, who, who yeah. are you, who do you have winning the, uh, the championship this year in the NBA? Do you have any opinions? Oh, oh boy. You... Look, you know, I think if you ask me, I'm a big LeBron fan. I think people who are close Same. to me, um know that um you know and i I had this conversation uh, a few weeks ago you know i probably would have still been saying the lakers but but i don't know now i don't want to make any calls now you know that's fair enough and, and and for me i feel like i enjoy the game and i enjoy the personalities i you know i love that's i think why i i gravitate towards a player like LeBron as many do you know his his mentality and his toughness and his approach and that's like what really also I enjoy watching with sport um totally you know so so I I feel like I I love the game more than I than I do like a specific team you know no doubt. Yeah. I, I, I honestly, I'm the same way. I just wanted to ask you the question to see if you had any takes. And you're my kind of person because I'm a big LeBron fan myself yeah. and have been for a while. Let's talk about RMIT. So RMIT, you studied RMIT. What does that stand for again? I don't want to yeah. bo- botch it. Yeah, it's Royal so, Melbourne Institute of Technology. Royal Melbourne Institute of Technology. You studied there. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to me about, you know, what it was like there and... Um, and what you kind of studied and how it kind of correlates to what you do now, maybe if, if it does. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, so I studied, uh, I did a diploma in clothing production 
um, with a focus on product development and merchandising. Um, you know, my, my path of education wasn't traditional, I guess you could say. So, um, you know, as I touched on before, I think in my ideal uh, aspirations were to move into, into, into more of a design stream. And I think when I, you know, when I left school and um, I didn't get into the course that I wanted to get into originally, kind of led me down a different path of thinking um, and I actually put school on, on hold. I put university on hold for, for a little while. And I actually started working. Um, you know, I, I got stuck straight into working and um, I actually qualified as a makeup artist, you know, so that oh, wow. I started sort of veering into, I guess, a, another creative outlet. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I qualified as a makeup artist and I worked as a makeup artist for, um, many years, I mean, probably about 13 years all up. And, um, wow. you know, that was kind of what I, what I started to sort of get into. And, um, you know, over time I sort of felt like there was still that calling for me to, to, to get closer back into fashion, you know, with makeup, I was doing fashion week makeup and, um, you know, freelance oh, wow. makeup for, um, for brands and for myself and, you know, working, um, backstage and on photo shoots so there was always a connection to to the fashion industry and I think at some point I just felt like I wanted to really go back and round off my my education my experience mm. um you know and and at that point I actually started working in retail in the fashion industry uh in retail and and then I put myself into RMIT into school and I, I went down um the path of the course mentioned um, so it was kind of like juggling a lot at one time, but yeah, um, it sounds like a lot. Yeah, it was it was a lot when I think back to it. You know, like working full time, um, studying at night, studying days. Um, you know where I where I needed to, and uh, yeah, it was a, a lot to juggle, but hugely rewarding. And the experience just kind of taught me that you know you don't always go down the path that you expect. It's going to take turns, and you know the the journey isn't always planned, I guess. So, mm. you know, sometimes you just have to uh, follow your instinct and what feels right um, and, you know, trust your your gut instinct to sort of get you um, on the path that you're meant to be, you know. Definitely, definitely. And in those moments, can you talk about, you know, a little bit what it was like for you doing all that work, excuse me, <clears throat> doing all that work and, and being in those moments and, like, were there ever moments where you're like, you know, is this, is this truly right for me? Or did you know and you just kind of just kept your head down and continued to work no matter how yeah. maybe tiring or difficult it got? Can you talk to me about that a little bit? Oh, yeah. I had many of those moments. <laughs> I had many of those <laughs> moments of, you know, is this the right thing? Uh, you're feeling overwhelmed, having a lot on my plate, um, you know, feeling like I'm biting off more than I can chew and, and I think just that's where passion kicks in and that's where, you know, true purpose kind of kicks in. And I, I think um, I've always, you know, placed a great importance in work and in career and I have a very strong work ethic. So I think that was always kind of built in me, you know, the fact that I wanted to though, I knew I wanted to achieve more. I knew I wanted to 
you know, get that diploma secured. I knew I wanted to progress my career and that drive and that passion is kind of what was just always there to, to fuel that. Mm -hmm. um, even through those times where I was like, you know, this is, yeah, this is a lot, this is hard. Um, you know, and not so focusing on just being in the moment, realizing there's a bigger picture. Down the line. Totally. I love that. And I think for a lot of people listening, I think there's a lot of key things that you said. Um, one of them being that, you know, when you set out in your journey, whatever it, your journey may be, it could be in music, it could be in fashion, um, it could be in whatever, podcasting, creating, yeah. being a writer, yeah. right? Um, you, you don't necessarily know, you know, how each section of the journey is going to go, right? Yeah. And you might change your mind. As a young person, I've changed my mind several times on different things I've wanted to do and people change their mind all the time. And maybe you realize that this isn't really what you love to do. So if you're listening and you're, you know, pursuing something currently, you know, be open to the possibility that maybe you can do it a little bit differently. Maybe it's the same thing, but do it a little bit differently or take a different route, educate yourself more. You know, she went to school, mm -hmm. decided to edu educate herself. I think it's really important to recognize these kind of uh, forks in the road. They, they may lead to the same destination, but make the right decision for you. Yeah, right? I agree. No, I think that's a really, um, you know, great point. It's, it's just, it's, things are not always black and white. Um, and we're not on the same path and nor should we be, you know, that's, that's kind of what sets us apart as individuals and, um, totally. and makes us unique. And, you know, I have to say, like, I think what's, what I find so interesting about what the people that I work with now, the people that I interact with now and associate with now is that everyone has a different story, you know, not mm. cookie cutter. We don't all come from the same, um, background where, you know, whether it's our family or our culture or education or our work experience. And that's like what we need to celebrate more of, you know, the bring different things to the table. Absolutely. And I think I want to, I'll touch on that again, because I think it's so important. I think you're so, so right. Um, the one of the things that I've done for myself is to free my mentality of comparison because I think a lot of times we compare ourselves to like you know I want to be Virgil Abloh mm -hmm. Virgil Abloh's situation is just so absolutely unique that you don't really you, you do yourself a disservice to compare yourself to that someone who you idolize or something like that whether it be a Karen Anthony or a Drew Joyner you know, you got to give it, get it how you live it. And your journey is going to be unique and everyone's going to have their own personal stories, just exactly like she said. Right. So, yeah, that's exactly right. And that should be celebrated. Yeah. Oh, totally. Let's talk about, I think you talked about it a little bit. You, uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is, you know, where does your, your, your fashion career begin? Arguably, you could answer it's, it starts, you know, being a little girl is what you said, kind of. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have obviously your schooling, but let's talk about after school. Yeah. After you were done, what is the kind of next phase in that journey? Yeah. Um, so I think as, as I touched on, you know, I, I started working in retail, fashion retail, um, you know, shop floor, managing uh, store, you know, a store. And um, for me, that's looking back as important as what my education in school was. You know, it was like working working with products, you know, hands-on with products, with customers, um, with the consumer. And, and that, that never goes away, that experience. So that was kind of mm -hmm. probably what, 
you know, set like a, a, a base, I guess, for me when I think about, you know, when I really sort of stepped into fashion. Um, you know, and at the time I ended up being introduced to the buying manager of the, the fashion company that I was working for in Australia. Oh, wow. You know, and I, it writes about networking and, and just getting to know people and connecting with people. And, and she gave me an opportunity to, um, to temp in their office um, and, you know, just to help out and um, get a few days in here and then to having experience in the buying office, um, you know, and that was probably what that opportunity was what allowed me to, to kind of get a step, uh, a step in or a foot in the door um, to a more corporate setting. So to, mm. you know, to an actual um, product development buying office. Um, and I, I remember vividly uh, this like experience never leaves my mind for some reason, but the first thing they made me do was cut denim swatches like oh. manually um, with, with scissors, you know, with scissors by hand, um, you know, and I spent all day like, hours and hours and hours just cutting <laughs> swatches of denim right uh, and I remember that moment we were just talking about where you're like god what am I doing is this the right thing is, <laughs> you know what, what what did I sign up for here am I just going to spend the rest of my days like cutting denim by hand and oh, <laughs> you know it was like it uh, for some reason I just always think about that uh that memory and um and actually just what I took from it, which was that, you know, this is like grunt work. You're, you're not mm. handed a key to the kingdom, you know, with your career, mm. you need to get in there and roll up your sleeves and do the hard, hard work. And, and that was what that moment was. Um, manual, you know, it was, it was um, laborious, you know, and, mm. but I got to be hands-on. I got to touch and feel um, and understand fabric um, you know, I got to look at, de at denim washes and I, you know, got to really, uh, understand trims and, and be very, very close to, to the, the most, you know, raw piece of, of what kind of fashion, um, could have been. Right. Um, yeah. So that was kind of one of my, my first experiences there. And, and then, you know, I, I really sort of spent the next few years just progressing and, and just putting in the hard work and, um, you know, I, I ended up moving from temping to into a into a um, buying assistant role, and then a design mm. assistant role, and then you know a junior buyer and a buyer and a buying manager, and you know just just progressed um, totally over the, over the years. So a lot of a lot of hard work, but you know it it really paid off. Um, and definitely, and I I love that because that is like for me you don't have any type of growth any type of success really unless you're really a silver spooner without the hard work you got to work hard and i think a lot of times people ask me you know you know drew how do you how do i start xyz how do i do this um you can have all the right techniques and and all the right strategies and they're very important but if you don't you know work really hard and just put the time in and, and do the things that maybe you don't necessarily understand or don't want to do initially yeah. Because you know that you, they're going to result in something, you know, better at the end of that kind of process. Yeah. Then, I mean, yeah, you, you have to work really hard. Let's talk about your um, your role currently. Um, I think I read it correctly. Senior Director of Global Merchandising at Calvin Klein and Nike, Calvin Klein and Nike's 
underwear division. Is that correct? That's correct. I'll, I'll, I'll explain it a little bit because it, you know, I think, um, and I, and actually my role since updated a little bit just recently as well. So it has evolved Ooh. quickly, but, um, but yeah, then look, the Nike piece of it, I think, uh, people question, you know, how are you working for Calvin and, and, and Nike, um, at the same time. And, um, in 2019, 18, 19, we, uh, Calvin's parent company, Calvin Klein's parent company, PVH, acquired the license uh, to produce, to design, produce, manufacture underwear, uh, men's underwear for Nike. Um, oh, so, wow. you know, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty incredible opportunity for the brand, for the business, um, and and certainly for myself. Um, being able to then then take on uh, the the global merchandising and regional merchandising function for that business. So yeah, so 2019 um, that was kind of added to my portfolio. Um, I had been looking after um, the Calvin Klein men's underwear and loungewear business. Uh, you know, for for now, what's been nearly seven years. Wow. Um, and, and so that was kind of like the addition to, to what I was doing. So hence the Calvin Klein and Nike piece of it. Yeah, definitely. How does that feel? I mean, just like from a like from a personal standpoint, like, can you just talk about like what that feeling is to say that's a part of, you know, your portfolio, part of your resume at this point, you know? Yeah, it's cool. I mean, it's it's you know, it's work for me. Um, but yeah, totally. Like when we talk about it in this situation, like I think, yeah, it's, it's super rewarding. Um, and I'm, you know, very, very grateful to, you know, to have that experience, to be part of, um, such big brands, you know, and such big moments in, in each of the brand, um, obviously, you know, with, with Calvin Klein, like synonymous, especially underwear, um, in the industry. So, you know, for, um, yeah, for me, and especially moving from, from Australia, um, you know, coming over and, and, and looking at, at what I've achieved over the past seven years and, and working for a brand like that, and then being able to be part of uh, the Nike brand as well through, through the licensing work. Um, yeah, it's just kind of like a, pinch me sort of moment sometimes like it's yeah it's right. pretty cool I'm very grateful for it though awesome yeah I mean I can only imagine and I I love Calvin Klein's underwear I have a few good correct answer <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna slander anybody no I, I I think I think it's incredible to um to be in a role like that and obviously where you come from and what you've been able to achieve, I think anyone can recognize you should be proud of that. And I think Thank you. I think that's what will resonate with a lot of people too. I think um, hopefully we're painting a picture of, you know, an individual who who grew up, you know, was involved in fashion and interested in fashion, put the work in, the time in, and kind of cultivated uh, a career uh, that's desirable. Now, I, I do want to ask you, Karen, um, you know, what, what, what is the penultimate? What, what, where do you want your career to ultimately end up as? I know a lot of people say there's this term, you know, I don't dream of labor, things of that nature. Right. Um, but, um, you know, 
what I'm trying to ask, I think you're, hopefully you're trying to understand what I'm trying to ask. You know, where where do you kind of see yourself um, like reaching that most fulfilled state in a, in a in work? Is it right now? Is there something more? Talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, that's an that's an interesting question, right? Because I think back to like you know, let's say each moment where I achieved some level of success was promoted it took on something additional additional level of responsibility and i guess you're always you know aiming for that next thing and chasing that next thing like when are you truly ever kind of satisfied and feeling accomplished um for me i probably would say like i'm at a point in my career and there's a long way to go but i feel really well accomplished right now i feel Mm -hmm. Uh, like I said, you know, grateful, happy for what I've achieved. Um, you know, definitely very, very fulfilled with with what I have achieved up until this point. And I, you know, I think for me, like a big part of my career now actually becomes um, sharing with others, developing mm. a team. Like that's a, a huge part of my role. Um, mm. It's not only about, you know, the, the merchandising, the products and the strategy and those things, but it's also like developing talent now, developing, um, you know, others that are coming up in the industry and, and um, need guidance, advice, you know, support. That, that's just a much bigger part of my, my own personal growth now as a manager and as a leader um, personally and, and within the company that I work for as well. So, you know, yeah. I think that, yeah, that's fruitful as well. That, you know, brings enjoyment for me and uh, definitely, yeah, hopefully just new projects, you know, the, the industry is evolving so rapidly, um, like with many industries. Um, so, you know, just looking forward to, to new ways of working, you know, we work a lot with, uh, with new innovation now, new techniques, and especially for products like underwear, you know, that's mm-hmm. like where the challenge is sometimes, how do you continue to innovate on something that's so, so simple and so basic, I guess you could say um, right. that in itself is like, is a challenge for the future and, and how we can continue to evolve to evolve what we do with products uh, and continue to sort of move it along with the way that the consumer is, is shifting and the way that the industry is shifting as well. So there's, there's a lot more to come. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. And I think that's a perfect segue into the kind of the last question in this um, section. And, and, and on this podcast, I talk a lot about or I talk to a lot of different individuals um, about sustainability and, and fabrics and sustainability and, and within the industry of fashion. Has the topic of sustainability been something that, you know, you and maybe your colleagues have have you know focused on or brought up more is is becoming a hot button item or hot ticket item more so because of the way in which the world is changing um, from a from a consumer mindset standpoint. Um, talk to me about that a little bit. That's my favorite line right now. Talk to me about that a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Uh, questions. Uh, yeah, absolutely. A huge part of conversation. Um, every conversation that we have, I think, even more so, it's becoming becoming the norm, you know, when we start to develop products, when we start to develop raw materials, you know, um, fabrics and and trims, uh, our sourcing efforts, um, packaging, you know, all the way, all the way through the the product development um, offer, uh, what we do with the product development, we, 
we take consideration to sustainability now more than ever. Um, mm. You know, so it's 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 certainly a, a much more important factor. And I, I think, you know, for me, what's critical to keep the sustainability conversation going and make it purposeful, really purposeful, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. industry change. You know, it, it's it's not only um, intent messaging. You know, right? It's 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 Great better point. practice. It's improved process um you know from from factory level from fabric mills through factories through production through sourcing Mm. um Mm. it's yeah we we require the industry as a whole and again this is not just the fashion industry but beyond you know to become totally um uh more mindful and and uh you know have make it more of the make it more of the norm um improve practice improve everything to really sort of start building it into just the way that we we approach uh, what we do you know so I, I think that that's really what would be critical in, in shifting from just having that intent is yeah. which you know is the right intent but just to really make it more purposeful as mm-hmm. as a true um approach to what we do Definitely. And I think you're so right on that. You really hit the nail right on the head in terms of because I think there is a lot of messaging and obviously everyone knows the messaging behind a push for sustainability. Yeah. But, you know, empty words are empty words. And I think um, yeah. I think you I think you're spot on. Yeah. So, you know, there's a little like hot topics in this industry, especially. Right. Definitely. So, definitely. You know, we need to start moving away from things that are just just topics topics of discussion ideals right i mean ideals mm-hmm. are great but how do we um how do we move beyond beyond that and really implement and totally totally let's let's kind of transition a little bit karen to the i'm really excited this is a, a really fun section i want to get into <laughs> which is the kind of the uh, the instagram section of of this podcast for me i don't know if a lot of people know you like this but for me at least you know i saw you first on instagram yeah. and i'm learning all these different things about you now right yep. <laughs> so there's so much more behind just the uh just the instagram page which is uh, so cool Thank you. um but let's yeah, yeah of course w- let's talk about the uh the first kind of thing i want to address which is your username on instagram which is it's liberty and fox if i'm not mistaken yeah what is the purpose behind that or what is the reason <laughs> behind the naming yeah yeah i get questioned on that you know a, a fair bit um liberty and fox was so when i moved from australia to new york um it was a name that i set up as both a, a small freelance company and mm. uh, a blog name as well and you know like liberty was kind of this um, indirect nod towards New York, um, mm-hmm. and Fox was this kind of tongue-in-cheek, you know, nod towards me. I guess you could say as a female. Um, yeah, totally. You know, and and just the the wording sort of came together, um, and and that's what I was sort of using as this not persona or Instagram handle at, at the time necessarily, but kind of this um, yeah this this business name. Um, Mm-hmm. And at the time I uh, moved to New York, initially I was I was freelancing and I was doing freelance consulting for 
for brands back in Australia, mm. uh, brand mm. consulting, market research, um, that kind of thing. So I was, you know, I was operating under that name and, and then I set up a, a little bit of a, a blog, a little bit of a page where I was also channeling that, that you know, same kind of uh, energy and it was very much about styling and, and trend and, Right, right. And it, yeah, then just sort of further evolved into into the page that it is today. Today? That's so cool. And I feel like people associate, like, I don't know about you, but for me, like, sometimes when someone has, like, a unique username, like, my mind just associates that name just so quickly. Like, oh, it's Liberty and Fox. So she just posted. Oh, okay, that's, oh, that's <laughs> yeah. what she's doing today. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how then we become this, yeah, we become this this name these words in a way yeah exactly it's so it's such a strange like attachment but detachment because at the end because it's not really not really you know a true reflection um of of everything that goes on totally yeah Totally. How, so your your Instagram it, it's it's pretty wonderfully composed up until the point I've seen it at. Um, you know, you have some fashion items, you have you know outfits and, and inspiration, things of that nature. Um, but you also have you know these small quotes embedded throughout the the page. What kind of what purpose do those kind of things serve? The quotes in particular, and then we can maybe dive into like your personal style a little bit. Yeah. Um... Yeah, the quotes is something that I also find inspiration in, you know, and I think for me, creativity is not uh, one dimensional, you know, I guess you could say I'm, I'm a very visual person, but I take visual mm. cues from style, outfitting, photography, color, texture, um, mm. words, sentences, yeah. you know, so those quotes that I post, um, even just words that I post have, yeah, more, um, more to them. You know, sometimes it, it, for me, it creates the inspiration. It creates a mood or a feeling that I, I connect to, um, you know, and then I connect back to, to true visuals um, as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all interrelated to me in a, in a creative sort of way. And, you know, what I love is, is, kind of the feedback that I get on it as well is that it's sort of, um, you know, I I get a lot of feedback that it evokes a feeling or a mood in someone else. Um, Definitely. You know, and and sometimes, and most of the time it's, you know, geared towards a feeling of growth, balance, um, you know, those sort of, those vibes. Um, But yeah, for me, it's it's all creatively sort of intertwined. Um, it's, It's not just about, fits it's not just about sneakers it's it's kind of all one in the same um creative creatively yeah and i actually really appreciate that because i think for a lot of people you know instagram accounts it, it's can be too much about the fits and the fashion and i think you know the ability to inspire or to motivate or to just kind of spark something in others like even though it doesn't perform well, yeah. you know, in terms of algorithm, in terms of social media statistics, uh, the impact is what is really important. I think that's really, really dope. I think one of the ones yeah. I read recently was, you know, be the energy you want to receive. Yeah. And I, I, I love that because, yeah. you know, oftentimes you find yourself in a cycle of just uh, just being down, I guess you can call it. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you have to recognize that, you know, just think about it differently differently 
maybe put that energy out that you want to receive. I love that. Yeah, no, that's, so. that's exactly right. I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, we, again, the Instagram world, you know, we can get kind of caught up in, uh, in algorithms and, and comparison, like you touched on earlier. And, mm. and, you know, I think that, and it's, it's, you know, each to their own. That's the other thing, right? Whatever people of course. feel great about doing, you know, they should, they should do and like more of that. Um, for, for me, you know, I find enjoyment, creativity, balance um, in the, the, the mixture of, of all of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. How would you describe your style? I'm curious to hear this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, relaxed comfortable um mm. for sure you know cozy the word cozy comes up on my page like all the time very um, it looks very cozy cozy yeah cozy i guess is even know, in your ald shirt right now you look cozy right <laughs> relaxed comfortable simple cozy um you know i guess you could say i lean more towards uh what would have been called previously called more of a tomboy kind of style mm. um mm. you know and i think the great thing about today where we're headed is that you know those labels don't necessarily shouldn't really exist anymore it's you know more about just what you feel comfortable in so whether i'm, I'm shopping in you know a traditional more traditional men's space or more traditional mm. women's space it's really what i about about what i feel comfortable in uh, on my body, you know, shapes that I feel good in, shapes, styles, totally. feel good in. And um, yeah, I, I probably, uh, you know, I, I lean towards, um, definitely lean towards vintage pieces, um, things that are inspired by sport, a lot of bomber jacks, sporting bomber jackets and jerseys yeah. and, um, you know, casual gear like that and really mixing it up with with vintage pieces. Um, you know, denim is a big one for me. I, I love denim. I love a lot of vintage denim. Mm. Um, you know, so it's really that sort of mix of, of um, comfort and elevating comfort in a way, um, you know. I love that. Yeah, yeah I, th I think your outfits are some of the most inspiring and just some of the most just like she looks – good and she looks like just it just looks good it just flows well together and, <laughs> and it's chill <laughs> it's cool. good flow yeah I, I i feel like that i you know i appreciate that because it's all about being authentic as well right truly it's truly like it should be a true representation of what i i feel best in um yeah I love that. And what about, you know, obviously one of my favorite things to talk about is sneakers. Mm. Um, you seem to have quite the collection of sneakers. Um, do you have any favorite sneaker at the moment that you're wearing or a couple sneakers that you've been wearing and loving? Yeah. Yeah, I've got a few. Um, <laughs> you're right. We, I mean, we all do. Our collections have grown <laughs> over the years. Um, no, totally. I think oh, I. it's probably quite obvious like ALDs you know New Balance 550 right yeah, yeah chef's kiss um yeah. I I just think I mean they're pretty exceptional what what they've been able to do to revive that that style and the history of that style in a in a modern way and a modern adaption as part of I think as part of a collaboration but then also into their mainline assortment um uh, mm -hmm. 
you know, I think that the team at, at New Balance have done an exceptional uh, job, you know, with a lot of what they've done, um, you know, over recent months, recent years. So, uh, but for me, yeah, I, I keep going back to that, that 550 um, for sure. It's definitely, definitely in the rotation and, and comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And I think New Balance in general, I mean, um, you know, I, I kind of live in like 991s, 992s. Um, mm. So, you know, for, for me, maybe it's just like getting older as well. I don't know. But the, but the comfort, the comfort is is definitely there and um, the style is there. And yeah, for, for sure, a, lo- a lot of New Balance in my rotation now. Definitely. I love New Balance as well. Um, I just I just got both of the 550s, um, the new ones for the springtime. I need to get a pair of 992s. I, I live like I literally live in 990 V4s. My favorite, my favorite New Balance model, very sporty, yeah. and uh, yeah. I'm a New Balance boy at this point. And yeah, Which, uh, I, love like, them. I think if we had this conversation a few years ago, and I'm sure many people, you know, were the same. Like, I mean, I was definitely like a Nike kind of loyalist, I guess you could sort of say. And I, right. you know, I grew up like wearing a lot of Nike, uh, you know, working with Nike, obviously, and um, you know, and I like the Jordan one is probably still one of my, my favorite, favorite shoes. And of course, yeah, my, my Jordan collection, like of some of my favorites um, by far, you know, but, but I think, um, yeah, that's, it's, I'm definitely not only about hype, you know, I, I love classics and I love comfort and, and style as a whole. So you know the, the the mix of it's important to me yeah definitely you don't seem like you're all about hype i mean yeah. i think i think you really it, it comes off as you enjoy what you enjoy so yeah. i don't think and anyone's accusing you and i wear them there's nothing there sitting in a box for me you know i i enjoy yeah, wearing totally them. yeah totally i do too i mean if i don't wear my sneakers honestly if i have a sneaker that i own and i just haven't worn it and i just don't feel inclined i'll just honestly i'll just get rid of it because at the end of the day like it's better for me for someone else to have that enjoyment of owning the sneaker yeah, and, yeah. and wearing it because yeah um yeah i think they're meant to be worn that's that's my hot exactly. take <laughs> or i mean if you want to give it to someone that wants to put in their collection and and you know and keep it as part of their collection that they don't wear that's cool that's cool too exactly yeah but I, I i mean i like creases i like i, I like creases i like scuffing this up <laughs> a little bit i don't know maybe it's part of the Same. whole relaxed uh, approach to the way that it totally totally and i think new balances and a lot of sneakers they, they look good kind of you know worn in i think more so yeah. than just like in the pristine condition <laughs> so yeah. and i think you're also right obviously anyone listening no one no one here is saying you have to do it this way i'm not really i'll never be that type of person you know everyone you know has different different strokes for different folks everyone does their own kind of thing and they should be able to live their life according to what they believe and what they value so um let's get into the last i have two more questions left for you and then i have a final question to ask you about you know your social media you've been a fantastic guest literally i'm so excited to to get this thing uploaded because i know a lot of people are gonna enjoy this um what and we're kind of going back to your role, you know, what you do now, your your work and ba- basically in, inspiring and, and kind of teaching, like you had mentioned before, teaching young creatives about how to maybe uh, navigate in the world of fashion right now. Right. For lack of better words. 
So the question is, you know, what is one piece of advice you have for aspiring creatives or individuals who want to enter into a fashion career? I think it's important to to check your intentions, you know, like fashion is not just about ego. It's not a, always the glamorous place to work. It's hard work. It's long hours. Mm. Um, it's, you know, it's team effort. It's working with a lot of personality types. Um, there's a, there's a lot of things that go into it that, um, you know, not just this label of fashion. Right. So yeah, I think it's important to really check what your intentions are and what you're, and what you're willing to give into it. Um, and I think, you know, that to be successful in this industry in a way you always have to be working one step ahead you know you're always uh you should if you want to be successful you should always be um aiming for more you should always be sort of giving giving more um Mm. you know and just have a great attitude just be a good person you know sometimes we can get caught up in the in the stress of it and you know i think we we all do um with with career and life um but, you know, just being a good person, being a great teammate, um, being collaborative is really, really important. Um, and I think if you, you know, check all those, those things off, you're willing to work hard, willing to put in, willing to collaborate. And, um, you know, I think you, like you're guaranteed a fruitful career. It's really just what you bring into it and the mindset that you bring into it and your work ethic. Totally. I love that. No one wants to work with an asshole. That's for sure. No, and, and there's it, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's so true. And, uh, yeah, I, I can you you can uh, you can think about you know the moments in which someone is treated you poorly, whether it's a retail space, whether it's out at dinner. You know, you just don't want those people around you. And I think I think you're right on the head when you say you got to have a great attitude. Yeah. Um. One of the one of the last questions I want to ask you is the question of you know above all else what do you want people to know about you that they would have known if they hadn't listened to this podcast Mm. i think that's a really fun one Mm. yeah this is a hard one you know and i think what we touched on a couple times about instagram and persona and you know hopefully Mm. uh you've learned more about me from this conversation as as others will, you know, as they listen, um, yeah. you know, but just I'm, I'm grateful for connecting with people like you and, and other people that I've met through, you know, these new forms of, uh, of social media, these new platforms to, to connect with mm. others. And I um, mean, I think what's really important for me that kind of takes me back to the first thing we spoke about with like, growing up and how I grew up and what I loved about it is this new formation of community. Right. Mm. So it's, you know, with, especially with what we've all been living through, you know, the past, over the past year and the way that the world is and, and how, you know, how crazy and how crazy things have been, um, you know, because of so many things and so many issues like that, that sense of community and connection that, some of these platforms has created, I think is just a pretty incredible thing, you know, and it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily just about me, but, um, 
yeah, I, I think that's just something that I've really valued over the past year, especially um, following people, connecting with people, having conversations with people that are not only about, you know, outfits and not only about sneakers, um, but about growing a career, about, yeah. uh, you know, mental health, you know, about issues going on uh, in the world. You know, there's, there's so many avenues to connect. Um, and I think, yeah, that's, that's definitely like a highlight of, of my past year is um, being totally on, on those uh, levels, you know, with, with these amazing sort of communities of people, especially through, through social media. Yeah. Definitely. I, I love that answer. And I appreciate you so much because uh, for saying that, because I think the community aspect that I'm also trying to create with the podcast yeah. and with the content that I create, um, I can see it manifesting every day a little bit more and more. And just by you accepting to come on the show, you have no idea how grateful I am because, you know, so many more people will learn about you. So many more people will learn about the podcast. And I heard a really interesting fact the other day and we'll conclude on this and then i'll ask you how can people find out about you but we'll conclude on this and it was that if you host so i host a podcast every week essentially and i've been doing it for almost a year and it's about 30 to 40 minutes there might be someone who listens to this podcast week in and week out who listens to the sound of my voice more than their own parents mm. every week and i you know i heard that i was like whoa it's powerful that means i have an opportunity an opportunity and somewhat of an obligate, not obligation, but opportunity to, you know, feed them information that brings them value. But also, like you said, no one wants to work, no one wants to work with an asshole to, to remind them to, be, to show kindness, mm -hmm. to put mental health at the forefront, mm -hmm. to think about sustainability and fashion and to talk about it and act on it, to learn something new from an individual as yourself. And so I get chills because I'm so like excited and uh, it's been a great episode. Where can people find out more about you, Karen? I love that, Drew. Nice, nice wrap up. Powerful what you're doing. And I, I love what you're doing here. This is a, a great uh, outlet. Um, Liberty and Fox, you know, that's that's the, uh, the, the space in which I play creatively. Um, you know, if, if you want to, um, you know, a welcome uh, conversation around the things that, you know, we spoke about and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, that, that's enough for me. Like, I, I you know, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm beyond, I'm not in TikTok. I'm not on Facebook <laughs> anymore. I'm not it's Instagram. And, you know, that's, that's kind of where I play. Um, and yeah, that's enough to suffice me, my social media needs, I think. Yeah. Totally. All right. Awesome having you on. We'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Beyond the Garment podcast. We hope you gained some value from it. Wherever you are in the world, have a wonderful rest of your day, and we'll see you next time.